aren't you glad we serve a God who's still faithful? He's still on the throne. He's still alive. He's still healing. He's still delivering. He's still setting the captive free. And he's still in control. Even when we don't know it, even when we don't realize it. What's been going on lately has got our focus and attention off of who he is. Just how good he is. This is nothing for him. It's nothing at all. I'm convinced that the Lord decided that it's time we get out of our comfort zones because the church has become so complacent. I know it's hot. I'm hot. We're all hot. But uh, I believe he'll send a gentle breeze our way. But I'm thankful to be here. I'm thankful that we have still the privilege to preach the gospel. A lot of people are thinking where well, you're, you're shutting your doors, you're closing down because you can't, you're not going inside. The gospel's going to go forward regardless. It doesn't matter if we're inside, outside. Uh, there'll be a lot more of outside stuff, I can guarantee you that. Um, I, I, I believe that it's getting a lot of folks used to uh, what we're going to continue to carry on with outreach. And uh, I'm going to just go ahead and say this in faith, the trailer that we will have soon sometime uh, soon we can order and uh, be delivered to carry out service not only here but all over Lincoln County Catawba County, Iredale County because it can go wherever we go but uh, I'm glad you're here this morning I believe in the Lord to do a miraculous work not only here but to all those who hear who will hear this all those who hear my voice that the Lord's going to touch and move and have his way. And I want you to, if you have your word, thank you guys so much uh, for playing and sticking it out in the hot. But I want you to turn in your word, if you have your word with you, to First Peter. I'm good. Summer's word, I might have a heat stroke up here, but if I fall out, y'all uh, come get me. <laughs> but First Peter chapter 1, uh, verses 13 through 16, and I, I'm not going to try to keep you too awful long because I know it's hot. Uh, maybe we'll change these to an evening time when it's cooler a little bit. Uh, just stay alert and stay aware that we, we, we're we good at throwing curveballs and we change things up sometimes. But First Peter 1, 13 through 16, and, and I guess if you want to use for a title uh, this morning, uh, speaking about being sober-minded, the mind of Christ, girding up the loins of your mind. And right now is a time that a lot of people are panicking, a lot of people are... are um, they're stressed because of, of what is going on. And, and uh, I, I won't stay here long, but I can tell you right now that regardless of what happens, the Lord is in control. Uh, I know that people are losing uh, things. They've lost their jobs. Some businesses have shut down. And uh, I can tell you quite frankly, and I'll say this with no reservation, how I feel that our government, North Carolina government anyway, they don't care. And uh, I'll just leave that alone. Uh, Tuesday, Summer and I, the family, we went to Raleigh, not to protest and picket, but we went there on behalf of all the pastors across this nation, across uh, behalf of all the church members and church-going uh, uh, believers because we're being discriminated against. And uh, if you don't believe me, then go to Walmart or go to Lowe's or Home Depot or a big box retail store, and I can promise you people are all over top of each other. 
we're going to have church, and there's going to be people ride by and take pictures and maybe stir up something or maybe not. But regardless, we're going to keep preaching the gospel. So there's my two cents. Let's go on with the word. 1 Peter 1, 13-16 says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance, but as which he has called you as holy, so be ye holy in all manner of conversation, because it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. <laughs> Lord, I just come to you now, and I thank you for the privilege and opportunity to preach, to teach, to speak your word. I'm asking for you to anoint our ear to hear and heart to receive. Lord, that our lives would be changed. Those that need a touch in their physical body, that you would do so. Those that need to be strengthened, Lord, that you are their strength. Lord, I'm asking for your anointing to preach and teach, to speak your word. Lord, we know that your word will not return void. And we know that all things work together for the good of those. Lord, that, that, that call you and honor you as Lord and Savior. And I pray that, that we would keep that in mind, that this is just temporary, but Lord, you are eternal. We thank you and honor you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. That word, wherefore, first of all, understand because of. It means because of. Because of what, what? Because of what has happened, the finished work of Christ. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Your salvation, we have to understand, was so great an object, so important that Christ, that God came in the form of man, Jesus Christ, and we know this, to pay a debt that we could not pay that no man can pay, to freely give himself the, as the perfect sacrifice because salvation is free. It's freely given. It's also freely received. And that word again, wherefore, means for what reason or as a result. In the moral application, if you will, our salvation, it's up to you and to me. It's up to us to maintain our faith, our courage, our, our expectation to the end. I, I can't have faith for you. I have faith in his finished work, and I know that he is able, but my faith does not work for, 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 for you. You have to have your own. It's a personal relationship. I have faith that he will work in your behalf, but I cannot, nor can, can anyone else, uh, establish that relationship that you should have or desire with the Lord. And we can't just simply talk about it. The church has talked for way too long and done nothing. And I made a statement yesterday, and yesterday we went to reopen Lincoln County because we are obviously in Lincoln County, and we believe that we should have the right to, to uh, live, or simply just live. But anyway... Uh, I made this statement yesterday that it's easy to be a big, a big uh, a warrior, if you will, for the Lord on social media or behind a keyboard or even from behind a pulpit. But when, the, when, the, when the, the rubber meets the road, when you get down to brass and tacks, if you will, where will you stand? What will you do when you're faced with an with a, a ultimatum, a decision? We can't simply just talk about it anymore. We've got to do something. So, so here we find these words, gird up the loins of your mind. And, and what mind is that? What mind are we to have? And, and you read in Philippians 2, 
Paul addressing and writing, and he's talking about this in verse 5, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, to, to humble ourselves, to, to make ourselves of no reputation. It's the exact opposite of what many have been taught and even proclaimed because we want to climb this ladder, this social ladder. We're servants. We're to be servants, to, to make ourselves of no reputation. To have the mind of Christ, we know that we have to deny ourselves not just one time but daily because I can promise you um, it's been tough for us as well as you that you have to deny what you feel, what you, what you feel rising up. You have to deny yourself daily because we know that our condition has not yet met our position. And I want you to understand, yes, your position, you are seated at the right hand with Christ. You are in Christ. But the condition, you're still in this world. You still have to deal with, with, with all the, the junk. I quite simply just quit watching TV because I found myself getting really mad and and just wanting to tear the TV up, and it wasn't the TV's fault. It's what's coming across it, so it's just easier to turn it off. But our condition hasn't yet met our position. We in Christ, we are justified. We are sanctified, and when we are glorified, then our condition will meet our position. But I want to tell you, you have not, nor have I, arrived. We have not attained we are still pressing toward the mark of the high call. We're still going. We're still in this thing. But we got to tighten the belt, per se. Pull up your pants. Not that anybody's are down, but just a, a, a terminology that maybe it's a southern thing. Lord, I, don't, please don't have your pants down, but if you do, pull them up anyway. <laughs> Here we go, getting sidetracked again. I'm going to stop somewhere, I promise. But tighten your belt. Buckle up, if you will. However great or little of our understanding of the Word, God's, of God's Word, we can all do better. We can all strive to, to, to press toward a little harder. We can all run a better race. Because the simple fact is it's easy to become complacent, especially in a time like this. We are looking and searching for some type of normalcy, and, 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 and I hear this, the new normal. I, what, what is normal? Normal's boring. Christ, we weren't saved just to be normal. The Word tells us to be separate and come out from among them. You should not ever desire to be, normal should not be used in a, in a description of a Christian or a believer. But we have the privilege to speak with an almighty God, and, and we have the hope of our salvation. No one quits in the middle of a race. I've learned to write my scriptures down on paper because my Bible kept blowing. No one quits in the middle of a race. No one's, If you do, you, you can't expect to finish. I used to, believe it or not, I ran. I ran cross-country, and I, I learned uh, through running that if I wanted to finish, I had to keep going. I never, not one time ever, did not finish a race. I might not have finished in the time that I wanted, but I always finished. The same applies to our walk with Christ. You cannot quit. <coughs> even if you want to, even if you desire to, you cannot stop going. We have to keep going. The smallest things in life cause some of the greatest damage. It's amazing how a a tiny little termite, a swarm of them, can destroy a forest. They can certainly destroy a house. 
the nagging thoughts that seem to captivate you. What if I would have or, or what if I wouldn't have? And we've all had those or, 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 or just what if I would have made this decision? And, and I can promise you, if will not change the world, only Christ will. If won't change the world, Christ will. If you've made a bad decision, if you've made a wrong choice, if you've done something that you should not have, I want to remind you, as Jesus told the woman at the well, go and sin no more and live. Move on. Your past you can't change, but I can promise you, you can move toward and, and press toward the mark of the high call. Move forward. Grace always, always, always moves forward. You've heard us say it again and again. When our faith, our focus is moved from the finished work of Christ, it's as if we're on a merry-go-round. I don't, I don't even know if they have merry-go-rounds anymore, but it's as if we were on a merry-go-round and the enemy's pushing harder and harder and you don't know if you're coming or if you're going because this is what happens when you take your faith from where it should be and put it anywhere else because the enemy, I promise you, will wreak havoc in your mind. I don't care who you are. I'm not, I'm not uh, uh, omitted from this conversation right here. I'm talking to myself too. And you're going round and round and round, and it seems to be okay. Then it goes away, and then it's okay, and then it goes away. Let me tell you, get off the merry-go-round. Keep your faith where it should be, placed in Christ. The enemy is pushing harder and harder and harder, and you don't really know what's happening. But Peter wrote, Wherefore? Because of or as a result of, you can do, in other words, you can do what I'm telling you to do because you have a promise in Christ Jesus that he has gone to prepare a place for us and you and I do not have time to be sidetracked. We don't have time to be sidetracked. We don't have time to, 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 to worry about all of the craziness. The enemy is going to try, but you've got to keep going. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and, the, and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. We've got a hope. I've got a hope. You've got a hope if you're in Christ. 1 John 3 and 2 says, Beloved, now we are the sons of God, and it does not yet appear what we shall be, our current condition. We're saved. But yet we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him. We shall be glorified, for we shall see him as he is. Thank you, Lord. I've got something better coming. We say it all of the time, and a lot of people are more and more and more saying it. The best is yet to come. If you are a believer, that statement should resonate in your soul. The best is yet to come. There are many who are not ready for the revelation of Jesus, the coming of Christ. They're not ready. They're afraid. They're worried. They're terrified. The coming of Christ is going to happen, but we who are in Christ are to be sober-minded and hope to the end. A hope that is in Christ is one with true peace and assurance that it's going to be okay and that the storms are going to come, but even if they come, I know the peace speaker. Not if, but when they come, I know the peace speaker. I don't know. I hope you understand who he is today, that he controls the winds and waves. I know the peace speaker. 
I know the feeling of worry and doubt. I know those feelings that I'm not going to make it. I know what it's like to lay your head down and not know if the Lord were to return where you would spend eternity. I know what it's like to live in turmoil mentally and, and, and spiritually. I know what that's like. You have the agnostic who believes in nothing they say you can't know anything about, uh, uh, about the existence or nature of God. Nothing can be known beyond the material. The nature of God is in verse 16 of, of 1 Peter 1, that He's holy. Be ye holy, for I am holy. Hebrews 12 and 2 says, He is the author and the finisher of your faith. This is the nature. They can believe that the mailman will deliver the package, but they do not believe that or, or, or respond to the, the call and drawing of the Holy Spirit. They don't believe He exists and that He will deliver on His Word. I want to tell you, if you watch this or you hear this and you think this way, this is your mindset, God is a man of His Word and He is coming again. If you... Don't accept, then you deny. The agnostic says they, they neither uh, accept or deny there is a God. I'm not talking about the little G-O-D. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. And if you don't accept, then you deny. The very core of the agnostic contradicts itself. You can't deny or accept. It's either or. The atheists deny the existence of God, period. But yet the Bible says in Romans 14, 11, and 12, For it is written, as I live, says the Lord, the nature, He's alive. Every knee, not maybe, every knee shall. Every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then every one of us shall give account of himself to God. Hell is real. I know this isn't popular, and I know that, uh, that, that, that uh, whatever, but I, I wasn't called to be popular anyway. I was called to pastor. Hell is real, and hell is there, and, and there are no non-believers in hell. I promise you. There are more believers in hell than they are in church. The gospel that was heard rings in their ears. If I would have listened, if I would have re received, if I would have responded, for far too long this nation, the church, has become calloused to the drawing of the Holy Spirit. Well, I'll take care of that later. Can I tell you, you're not promised tomorrow? Well, I'll take care of it when we get to get back together in the building. If you won't take care of it now, then you're not going to take care of it then. One who does not believe has no hope. There's, there is no purgatory. There's only two places that you'll spend eternity, and that's heaven or hell. Hell was not designed for people, but people choose to spend eternity there. They choose to send themselves there because they will not accept the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. And if you're hearing this and you're mad at me, you can be mad all you want, but your issue is not with me. It's with the Word of God. It's with God Himself. In hell... Matthew 13, verse 50, talking about hell, says there'll be wailing and gnashing of teeth. It's not a party. It's not a place you're going to go drink a Bud Light and get you a girlfriend. It ain't going to happen. It's real. Mark 9, 48 says, Where their worm dies not and the fire is not quenched. Revelation 14 and verse 10 says, He will be tormented with fire and brimstone. Hell is eternal. 
Revelation 14, verse 11 says, And the smoke of their torment sendeth up forever uh, and ever, and they have no rest day nor night. After death, there is no second chance. Hebrews 9, 27 says, It's appointed unto man once to die, but after this, the judgment. We want to live about tomorrow and not deal with today. Today, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Today is the day that you turn things over to the Lord. Today is the day that you lay those things at His feet and let Him take them. The universalists believe that all is going to go to heaven. John 3, 16, we know this, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. But you go on in John chapter 3 to verse 36, it says, He who believes on the Son has everlasting life, and he who believes not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abides on him. These are not the words from me. This is the Word of God. It's reality. A good doctor will never lie to you. A good doctor will tell you the truth. The Word of God tells us the truth. It is the truth. And it says in His Word that you shall know the truth. The truth shall make you free. Right? That's what it says. And if we want to know and we want to be free, then we've got to know the truth. We've got to know the Word of God. You read about heaven, and I'm not going to read all through there, but you read for yourself Revelation 21, 10 through 27. We've got a promise. You and I as believers have a promise, an inheritance in Christ. Heaven and hell are absolutely real, but they're also absolute opposites. They're an absolute destination, and both are absolute eternal. So why is it that you see one on fire for the Lord one week or a, or a month or whatever and and man, they're, they're all about it. And then and you see the Lord working in the life. And, and then all of a sudden, you begin to see them fade away. And then they become hit and miss. And you might see them once a month or once every couple months or when you have a, a food thing or whatever. And, and then all of a sudden, you don't see them at all because they have failed to gird up the loins of their mind. Because they have failed to, to Romans 12 and 2, to be, renewed in the, or, or, or to be renewed in their mind. In Ephesians 4, I think it's 23, might be 26, but anyway, being renewed in the spirit of your mind. We, we fail to do that because what we think is I'm going to handle this thing and I'm just going to get through it and I'm going to rough it. Can I tell you that you're not called to rough it? This is not backyard country camping. You are not called to rough it. He has told us that he come to give us life and give it more abundantly. I wasn't called to rough anything. I was called to be his and to follow him, to deny myself, to lay it all at his feet, and to let him have it. I was called to be blessed, to be blessed abundantly, to be the head and not the tail. And his word tells me that the blessings will overcome and overtake us, but they never will if I try to do it or if you try to do it so all of a sudden they become hit and miss and you don't see them and they they fail to gird up the loins of the mind to be sober-minded and they lost the hope to the end for the grace why all for a feeling all for a moment all for that desire that temptation that lust that has conceived in their mind all to fulfill their your my whatever desire 
The devil is working 24-7 to one to three things to kill you. To destroy you, to steal what God has given, and we are often guilty of just letting him do it. All why? Because we get mad, we get irritated, we get offended, we get frustrated at this or that, or something's happened in our life, and all of a sudden I'm just going to give up. You're going to let something that has happened in your life destroy you? Or are you just going to go on? I'm going to keep on moving, I'm going to keep on living, I'm going to keep on making it. It is not up to the circumstance to bring you joy. It's up to what has already happened and what has already been provided and finished for you to bring you joy. To the ones who know the truth and walk away, to the ones who think that I can change them or, or I'm going to go back to the pig pen and lead them out, I want to tell you that it don't work. It can't work. Summer uses the analogy, if I were on top of the ladder and she's at the bottom and I have the mindset that I'm going to pull her up, she can, she can very easily pull me down. I wasn't called to pull you up the ladder. I was called to encourage you to keep, to keep going. Christ will pull you. 1 Peter 1 and 14 says, As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. Before Christ, before you knew the Word, before you came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, there may have been some ignorance there that you did things that whatever they may be. I don't care what the things are. I'm not here to talk about the things. But it was ignorant. But now you know. Now that ignorance is replaced with the word called, I might get in trouble here, stupidity. Ignorance is not knowing and doing. Stupidity is knowing and doing it anyway. I said it last week, or whenever it was, I, I grew up knowing that if you're going to be stupid, you better be tough. <laughs> but that doesn't work in the spiritual realm because it just don't work. Don't go back. Don't be ruled by what you have been freed from. Romans 6, 14, For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why would you let it? Why? But as he which has called you is holy, be ye holy in all manner of conversation. Apply God's word to your life, all of it. We can't pick and choose. You can't mix light and darkness. Hell has no part of heaven. Be sober-minded. Gird up the loins of your mind. It's, 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 listen, we know right now in this past time, they call it secondary effects of this pandemic, that suicide is up, that domestic violence is up, that child abuse and molestation is up. Why? Because people are surrounded with things that are unfamiliar or put in places where nothing is to do. So they began to think, I'll do these things myself. And they began to be ruled by the enemy, by the devil. That's who it is. I don't, I'm not telling you keep yourself busy and go paint. That's not where your freedom is. But if you want to do things, then go do things. If you need something to do, come here. We've got plenty to do. You can paint and whatever, but that's not going to free you. Busy is not going to free you. Your freedom is only found in Christ Jesus. 
So we've got to wake up. Your life in Christ should not be like the ocean shore in and out. It's a miserable life. That you were not saved to be miserable. You were not saved to just get by the skin of your teeth. You were saved to have an abundant life and enjoy that abundance. It's to be constant, and the only way it can be is to remain in Christ and keep your faith anchored in Him. If you love them, then you will lead them to follow Christ. If you love them, you will lead them to follow Christ. I can tell you that, that coming up, uh, I don't really know what we're going to call it, but I'm going to call it this right now, and it's it's probably will change, but... Sometimes of what I'll call Friday night fire. We're going to have worship right out here in this field. We'll have outreach services all over this county or surrounding counties. Why? Because we are to gird up the loins of our mind. We have to go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them, giving them instruction to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And the Bible tells us, And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. This thing is not called him by surprise, nor should it ruin your life. It shouldn't. You can get mad all you want to get mad. You, you can be mad, and you can talk about, and you can gossip, and you can carry on, or you can say, You know what, Lord? I am mad, but I want you to take this, and I'm just going to love you, and I'm going to serve you anyway. Because the fact of the matter is that God is still in control. And I choose today to trust Him with all things. When these doors open, when we can have whatever it is, 50, 100, or 150, or whatever it may, I don't know, whatever it may be, we're going to serve Him anyway but i want to tell you this morning if you're here if you if you're watching or you will watch this if you find yourself in a place of struggling if you find yourself in a place of just mental torment and you just don't you're doing what you don't it's that romans 7 life I, i'm just doing the things i just don't want to do can i tell you that you're not going to change them the only way it's going to change is to surrender completely to christ all of it all of it. Stop searching for the next great thing because there is nothing greater than Christ. Nothing. I want to tell you to keep going. To keep pushing. We're going to make it. We're going to make it. I'm not going to prophesy, as Brother Bob says, but I'm going to say this with an assurance that Lakeside Church is going to be stronger when all this stuff is over. <laughs> it's going to be stronger when all this is over because He is faithful. And what He has promised, I've taken to the bank. I want you this morning... Uh, if there's a need in your life, you want to slip your hand out the window or whatever, that's fine. But I'm believing the Lord to continue to work the miraculous. We're believing for Diane's healing. We're believing for a miracle in Brandon's life. 
We're believing for a miracle in your life. Whatever that need is, He knows. Will you give it to Him today? Will you give Him your struggle? Will you give Him that thing that whatever it may be has tormented you? Will you give Him the situation and the circumstance and let Him just have control? Will you let Him be God today? Will you get off the throne and let Him be King? As they sing whatever they, they feel led to sing, I, I just want you to take some time to seek Him, to, to pray for those that are around you and believe the Lord with them and for them that He is able.
church at Yakima. But just how the Lord's timing is absolutely perfect. If we wouldn't have opened the doors on March the 15th, the very day that they told everybody that everything was going nuts and to shut everything down. But because of the Lord's timing is absolutely perfect, because we've opened the doors, there have been phone calls and texts and messages coming in to Wayne and Stacy and that people are excited about, excited about just ch- coming together and worshiping. And even when we don't see it, the physical people, he's still working. He's faithful. Not only is the best yet to come here in Denver, but also in Yatkinville at our other campus. If you know anybody in that area, point them to 640 somewhere. I forgot the address. Crescent. Crescent uh, Drive or Crescent View. Crescent View Drive. Lord have mercy, that's terrible. But anyway, point them there. Bring people with you to the drive-in thing or whatever. But we love you guys.